0: Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes.
1: The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And on today's episode of Obsidian Nights, where we go through a song of ice and fire chapter by chapter, I'm going to be breaking down Sansa 3 of A Game of Thrones with my co-host and tried and true bestie, Hand of the Queen, Mandy. Mandy, would you like to tell people who you are and where they can find you?
0: Yeah. Hi, I'm Mandy. I am the uh, runner of the Gray Area Discord and scheduler for the Obsidian Nights podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nim Shadow.
1: Awesome. I'm so glad to be doing this chapter with you. Um, Sansa, your feelings on Sansa. Do you love Sansa?
0: I. Uh uh well (laughs) it's kind of a loaded question I don't I don't hate her but I don't love her she is uh she's tedious and I I find myself having to constantly remind myself that she's very young and very naive and that a lot of that is her parents fault because they have kept their children so sheltered in the wild north and um yeah, she's she's tedious, but yeah. she uh, she's finding herself. So we we got to give her some, got to give her some time. She's eleven years old, you know. She's- the more
1: the the more mm-hmm. I reread, the more I reread, I'm becoming, I'm warming up to Sansa. Yeah, now, I'm never gonna love her. I'm never gonna love her.
0: I don't think I-, I will either. I'm I'm waiting for wins to see if I can finally be like, yes, my girl. Yeah,
1: that's oh. what I should say. I'm never gonna love. A game of thrones, Sansa. No, but I'm I do really enjoy a feast for crows, Sansa. Or um a dance with dragon, Sansa. When's the when she's Sansa. not Sansa. When she's <laughs> <laughs> when, she's
0: when she's Elaine, <laughs> yeah. When so, Sansa's is not Sansa, she is tolerable. Yeah, yes,
1: she is. So I am excited for to see what Sansa's going to do in the winds yeah. of winter. Because again,
0: she, she's growing up. She's she, not this little everything's a song kind of just she, like I said, tedious.
1: But yeah, this is the Sansa that we don't like. That's the one that or that I don't like. This is the one that we're going to be talking about today. But yeah. you know, the characters evolve as the story goes on. Yeah. So the chapter opens up and it says, he wouldn't send Sir Loras, Sansa told Jean Poole that night as they shared a cold supper by lamplight. I think it was because of his leg. Lord Eddard had taken his supper in his bedchamber with Alan, Harwin, and Bay and Poole. The better to rest his broken leg. And Septa Mordain had complained of sore feet after standing in the gallery all day. Arya was supposed to join them, but she was late coming back from her dancing lessons. His leg? Jean said, uncertainty. She was a pretty dark haired girl of Sansa's own age. Did Sir Loris hurt his leg? Not his leg, Sansa said, nibbling delicately at a chicken leg. Father's leg, silly. It hurts him ever so much. It makes him cross. Otherwise, I'm certain he would have sent Sir Loris. So Sansa and Jean. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Sasa, <laughs> send a
0: fifteen-year-old to go yeah, after to do a man job the mountain climb.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked He's about it. 15. Me and Justin talked about it. That Justin said, "You know, Ned looks at Sir Loris like Rob. You know, like would would he send Rob
0: off? He's to- a child. He's yeah. a literal
1: child. He is and a like, child. I doubt
0: that like they're they're." like they're not like 15 like we would think of a 15 year old because rob does go on to you know win a bunch of battles and they they grow up quick in in planetos you know but he's 15 years old yeah and and the mountain is a cold-blooded killer yes
1: Yes. And there are points like Varys and Littlefinger made points about, you know, sending Sir Loras, if you're going to fight with the Lannisters, and you should make sure you have the Tyrells in your corner and mm-hmm. all of that. But Ned isn't thinking that far ahead. And Sansa is just thinking as Sir Loras as just like sir loris an attorney so yeah sir loris yeah maybe to make him your champion and attorney but to send him to go fight the mountain
0: i i don't think so big pass
1: yeah (laughs) hard no (laughs) it's a hard no for me (laughs) (laughs) so santa's like you know my father's leg is hurt and that's why he did this dumb thing by not sending sir loris like it bewilders her that her father <laughs> didn't didn't uh send sir loris because Santa sees sir loris as like a knight from old nan stories like it even says Um, When the knight of the flowers had spoken up, she'd been sure she was about to see one of old Nan's stories come to life. Sir Gregor was the monster and Sir Loris the true hero who would slay him. He even looked a true hero. So slim and beautiful with golden roses around his slender waist and his rich brown hair tumbling down into his eyes. And then father refused him. It had upset her more than she could tell. She had said as much to Septimordain as they descended the stairs from the gallery but the scepter had only told her it was not her place to question her lord father's decisions and uh, okay so sansa is seeing loris as like this knight from the stories because mind you sansa is still caught up in fantasy land and 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 the songs and the heroes and right she wants everything to be a song yeah everything and it everything's not a song and she learns it right here she learns it right here that <laughs> like the, not a
0: song sweetling
1: <laughs> the beautiful dude that rides the horses with the golden roses and wins the tourney is not the hero it's actually like that the psychos, Beric, Dandari, and Thoros and and <laughs> those guys are going to go ride off and kill the monster. So yes. it's it's like she's being shown pretty early on. I mean, like her whole trip to King's Landing has been about debunking these stories, even with Joffrey. Like she, she Joffrey's not a song. He's not a poem. He's a nightmare.
0: Like, no, and she knows it too. She knows she's lying to herself. Yeah, she does. And I'm sure we're going to get to that in a second. Her little her little talk with uh, with Jane about her her fantasy that she said was a dream. Yeah, yep, yep,
1: yep, we're going to get there.
0: I think we have to talk about Littlefinger's grooming ass first.
1: Yes, the Littlefinger <laughs> grooming Sansa. That was when Lord Baelish had said, oh, I don't know, Septa. Some of her Lord Father's decisions could do with a bit of questioning. The young lady is as wise as she is lovely. He Fucking made a sweeping <laughs> he, he made a sweeping bow to Sansa so deep she was not quite sure if she was being complimented or mocked. So uh, she's being both she's being mocked and complimented because l- Sansa's reasoning as to why her father should send Sir Loris and Littlefinger's reasoning are completely different. Like Littlefinger thinks like it's a good strategy to get the Tyrells on on your side because ultimately it's the Tyrells that joining the Lannisters that ends this war of five kings. But um Sansa is just like wants the hymn to censor Loras because it's like fairy tale-like. Um,
0: she wants the story and Littlefinger wants the, the strategy behind it.
1: Yeah. So Littlefinger grooming Sansa. Let's talk about it. Do you think that Littlefinger is malicious when it comes to Sansa and planting seeds in her mind?
0: It's it's hard to tell his intentions with Sansa at this point, because we know that a lot of it is stemming from his obsession with cat. But he, he, I mean, he can't have any, any actual, like, not, not feelings. It's not the right word, but any, you know what I mean? Any emotion towards this girl that he doesn't know has never met, has never, you know been around before he's they've, they're strangers to each other right at least but, at, the, at this point right at this point and he he might have that that carrying over affection from her mother the whole thing is so gross to talk about but <laughs> <laughs> the the affection carrying over from her mother but like that would be like him saying like i should have been your father which makes his Actions towards Sansa even more disgusting.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, we have George, right? George, so James Habert had put out the book Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. And it's mm-hmm. about like, you know, inside behind the scenes of Game of Thrones, he talks to the actors, talks to George R. R. Martin. And we have like this quote from George R. R. Martin where he says, Little finger. Actually, I should probably pull that quote. So we have the quote from George R.R. R. Martin from Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. And it says, my little finger would have never turned Sansa over to Ramsay. Never. He's obsessed with her. Half the time he thinks she's the daughter he never had that he wishes he had if he'd married Catelyn. And half the time he thinks she is Catelyn and he wants her for himself. He's not going to give her to somebody who would do bad things to her. That's going to be very different in the books. Martin said so that was from George R. R. Martin so at this point he has no um I, I would say good intentions for Sansa like he can't he has no emotional feeling but it does grow. And like right here where he's talking to her, like he's asking her why you would censor, like, why would you censor Loris, Lady Sansa? Like what, why would you do that? And he gets her answer. Like, I think he's like trying to take measure of how she thinks and how naive she is. Calculating as always. But I do find it interesting that like, he's obsessed with Sansa.
0: I would love a fucking little finger POV. I know, right? I would love to get inside his head for a chapter. So it would mm-hmm. be so interesting just to see, like, the the process he goes through when he's like dissecting people would be fascinating.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things about this chapter was that Gene Poole, to me is actually kind of smart. She comes off kind of smart. Like, she says, like, Sir Illyn's the king's justice, not Sir Loras. Lord Eddard should have sent him. And Barris says that to Ned, like, you right. know, Sir Illyn's back there looking kind of pissed off because he's the king's justice. And you didn't sing, send the king's justice to do the king's justice. Like, you're making
0: enemies. Right. Like, why wouldn't you let him do his job? It, it was it was like a slight, mm-hmm. perceived as a slight to mm-hmm. Sir Ellen.
1: Yeah, like basically this chapter, like the beginning of this chapter, is just like girls talking about. It's like girl talk, mm-hmm. like locker room girl talk. Like he's hot, yeah. Barrack Don Darian is. He's handsome and gallant too. And Loras is, and uh, and Joffrey too, and and and, and uh, what's his, what's his name, <laughs> um, L- Loras. Loris and Sir Ellen he's not hot. Like it just feels like a <laughs> like it feels like a just like a mean girls locker room kind of conversation like right really well,
0: whatever an 11-year-old could muster for you know um, yeah, real life uh, real life happenings but they they see it through their lens of of innocence and and immaturity because they're they're looking at the the pieces, not the game.
1: Yeah. And you can tell also that's like, see the reasons people don't like Sansa. Here's one of them. This conversation right here, like this exchange. Um. So Jean Poole has like a crush on Lord Barrick. And Sansa's
0: like. Sans- proving why she's the smart one.
1: Yeah, Sansa <laughs> thought she was being silly. Jean was only a steward's daughter after all, and no matter how much she mooned after him, Lord Berwick would never look at someone so far beneath him, even if she hadn't been half his age. Like, you believe in all these fantasies and love stories and princes turning into frogs, but she, or frogs <laughs> turning into princes, but you don't think that Lord Berwick would look at somebody that's a steward's daughter.
0: Like, I don't get it. It's she she says he's so old and then like it says he's 21. Right? (laughs) Right. She's such an asshole. She
1: is. So um Sansa, although she thinks, you know, like silly goose, like he's never gonna fuck with you. You're just a steward's daughter. She doesn't say it because it's unkind. So, but she thinks it, so it doesn't matter. Like she has all these courtesies that she hides behind and wears like armor. And she was taught well when it comes to that. Like she was trained well. Not polite. Yeah, she's she at least has manners. Um. So Sansa says. I had a dream that Joffrey would be the one to take the white heart, she said. It had been more of a wish, actually, but it sounded better to call it a dream. Everyone knew that dreams were prophetic. White hearts were supposed to be very rare and magical, and in her heart, she knew her gallant prince was worthier than his drunken father. A dream, truly. Did Prince Joffrey just go up to it and touch it with his bare hand and do it no harm? "'No,' Sansa said. "'He shot it with a golden arrow and brought it back for me. (laughs) "'In the songs, the knights never killed magical beasts. "'They just went up to them and touched them "'and did them no harm. "'But she knew Joffrey liked hunting, "'especially the killing part. "'Only animals, though. "'Sansa was certain her prince had no part "'in murdering Jory and those other poor men. "'That had been his wicked uncle, the Kingslayer. "'She knew her father was still angry about that, "'but it wasn't fair to blame Joff.' That would be like blaming her for something that Arya had done. So I like this part where she's like, you know, in her head, she's trying to rationalize why Joffrey is good. And it's like, rich. he's the worst. Like he's worse than his father. He's worse than his wicked uncle, Jamie. Like he's worse than all of these people that you're comparing him to.
0: Right, like even even in her fantasies, she can't make him fit the mold of the songs that she right. loves so much. Like she she knows that she's lying to herself about Joff because she if she really wanted to fit the fantasy she would say yeah he just you know walked touched up it to it, it. turned touched into it. a rainbow and flew away or some bullshit right. like that like but no she's like no she he killed that bitch like he's with a, a golden psycho, arrow she knows he's a psycho <laughs> yeah and she knows it. she she's just lying to herself about it
1: yeah she's like she's just fooling herself and it, i think she's in denial I think it's kind of like a defense mechanism, to be honest, where she knows she's in this situation and she knows like she can't control the situation. So she's like making the best of it and building like this fantasy in her mind. It's kind of like when you're in a relationship with someone and you know, they're a bad person, but you focus on not them actually being a bad person, but what you think they are in your mind. Right. The illusion. You focus on the illusion and not the
0: actual reality, which happens a lot. The the real reality is too hard to face. Yes.
1: Um, So I would say like this chapter points out a lot about how the stories aren't what they seem.
0: Um, Very much so. (laughs) And how stories change so quickly and easily just by one person retelling it. Because even here in this story, she says she changes it from her little fantasy into a dream. Right. And you can change any story you want just by changing one word. Yeah. You know, and and how easy it is for, for things to change and be taken as as the gospel when someone just retold it in a way that suited their needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so any story that we've heard could have been changed just to suit someone's needs or someone's own narrative.
1: And every story that we've heard so far has been bullshit. Like yeah. even Sansa, like recounting these stories, like she knows they're bullshit. Like even when it comes to like the Night's Watch, she's like um, she had always imagined the Night's Watch to be men like Uncle Benjamin. In the songs they were called the Black Knights of the Wall. But this man had been crook-backed and hideous, and he looked as though he might have lice. If this was what the Night's Watch was truly like, she felt sorry for
0: her bastard half-brother, John. So. First of all, she didn't need to do urine like that. It's not his fault. He's <laughs> gone away. Second of all.
1: <laughs> she she did need to do him like that.
0: Second of all, she feels bad for John because the Night's Watch isn't like the songs. Yeah, that's oh, that's painful. Like John's out here living this reality. Like no one told me it was going to be like this except for one person. And everyone else was just like, no, yeah, go do that. That'll be good for you. And he's like, what the fuck have I done to myself? Like I'm stuck here, miserable, freezing with these bastard assholes that treat me like dirt. And no one told me that it was going to be like this you know they promise all of this this grandiosity and it's it's an honor to join the knights, the night's watch in the north you know Mm -hmm. and he's like what the fuck is this this place is falling apart these people are falling apart and they're tearing (laughs) me apart (laughs) and she's like it's not like the songs poor john
1: right (laughs) they're not handsome knights they're right. crooked back and hideous with lice. Or yarn. Poor John. Yeah, but like so that like they sneak down into the kitchen and get like uh, a strawberry pie or something because they couldn't the find out of cakes.
0: lemon cakes.
1: Yeah. And they like sit on the tower steps and they're giggling and gossiping and sharing secrets and eating. <laughs> she, feels,
0: cake. She, she feels like she's almost as wicked as Aria for girl, stealing I half rolled a my strawberry pie.
1: I rolled my eyes. I saw my own
0: so brain. <laughs> I saw my own brain. I rolled my eyes so hard.
1: Yeah. Like, girl, because you stole a piece of pie and are sitting <laughs> up talking, giggling and shit, that does not make you half as wicked as Aria. Like, you're not even no. 1
0: 18th. But it shows how she sees her sister, mm-hmm. the lens that she sees her sister through. She doesn't. She sees her sister as as incredibly immature uh-huh. and incredibly um, naive. And really, it's completely the opposite. Yeah, you know, Arya has more of a real world view. She she sees people for who and what they are, not for who and what she wants them to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, she does. I would say that Sansa and Arya's relationship, I love like the dynamic of it. And I cannot say this enough. Chloe and Eliana from Girls Going Canon. We did an episode of Overwatch. I did an episode of Overwatch with them. Mm-hmm. And they like know that I don't really like Sansa and like Chloe loves Sansa and Eliana loves Sansa. So they were like gave me real Sansa, like real Sansa analyzation that made me, you know, double think, double do a double take on what I actually think. Like and it was about Arya and Sansa and like what they represent, not just in the story, but to to their father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: where Ned Stark has this close relationship with Arya because Arya represents the north they represents all the things that Ned Stark loves and Sansa represents the south like the things that he doesn't really care for
0: the mm-hmm. the things that aren't as important to him
1: yeah things that aren't as important to him and Arya is that Arya is home for Ned, Aria is Lyanna. For Ned, Aria is the North. For Ned, and Sansa is kind of like you know caught in the southern politics, southern in of King's Landing. So that that morning, right, they Sansa wakes up, sees Lord Barrick and everybody leave with their banners, f- banners up, going to the, the song Riverlands to life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um she says the tower of the hand seemed so empty after they left that sansa was even pleased to see aria when she went down to breakfast where is everyone her sister wanted to know as she ripped the skin from a blood orange did father send him to hunt down jamie lannister sansa sighed they rode with lord barrett to behead sir gregor clegane she turned to Septa Mordane, who was eating porridge with a wooden spoon Septa, will Lord Beric spike Sir Gregor's head on his own gate, or bring it back here for the king? She and Jean Poole had been arguing over that last night. The Septa was horror struck. A lady does not discuss such things over her porridge. Where are your courtesy, Sansa? I swear, of late you've been near as bad as your sister. So they talk a little bit about like micah like the hound murdering micah jamie lannister murdering jory and aria and sansa get into an argument sansa uh, aria hits her with like an orange and like ruins her dress and sansa just like fucking pops her lid yeah that was that was the straw on the
0: camel for her (laughs) (laughs) she She says that she wishes that they had killed aria instead of lady
1: Yeah. And I feel sad for Sansa when Sansa, when it's like um, Ned Stark comes to see her and it says, Sansa sat up, lady, she whispered for a moment. It was as if the dire wolf was there in the room looking at her with those golden eyes, sad and knowing she had been dreaming. She realized lady was with her. And they were running together. And trying to remember was like trying to catch the rain with her fingers. The dream faded and Lady was dead again. So Sansa had a dream of Lady right before this. And it's basically said by George that all of the Stark children are wargs. So Sansa was a warg too. She just never got the chance to warg Lady because Lady died so soon. She has a um, dream of Lady. And I feel like they're running together because it's like a lady subconsciously is telling Sansa to run the fuck away. Mm -hmm. Like, get away, come back north. Like, you can't remember the whatever, what happens because just you running is what you need to remember.
0: Right. That's the only important part was the running. Yeah. that's Whatever whatever else is happening, the running is, is what you need to do. Yeah.
1: So... Septa Mordane brings Arya there and Lord Eddard, poor Ned, like Ned's dealing with people being murdered like
0: yeah th- this is way more than he bargained <laughs> for. He went from this quiet little life in the north, you know, cutting off heads of of deserters and hanging out in his God'swood to <laughs> to this and there's so much going on in Ned's world right now like it's I even I had a conversation with someone one time where like it's it's not even a surprise that Ned started missing things because he had so much to focus on he didn't know where his focuses needed to be
1: right and he also has daughters <laughs> and,
0: and he's daughters, got these crazy girls, are right. like pelting each other with fruit at the breakfast table while he's trying to, like, prevent a war. <laughs> hmm. So
1: he comes and talks to them and he's like, Sansa's like, and my dress, like Arya needs to fix my dress. And Arya's like, well, I'll make you a new dress. And then Sansa's like, you can't sew shit. Like, they're just arguing. And that's like, look, I didn't come here to talk about dresses. I'm sending you both back to Winterfell. And Sansa is like, no, please father, please strike. don't. And um, Arya also didn't want to really go because aria wants like she's getting dancing lessons from syrio so she's finally you know found something that she enjoys and also feels like she belongs to be doing right um she feels like she's finding herself right and sansa thinks you know this is a punishment just like send Aria away, she started it, father. I swear it, I'll be good. You'll see, just let me say, and I promise to be fine and noble and courteous as the queen. And um, Ned's like, Bitch, please, like sir, <laughs> like, like it says that's father's role model. Now you're really going <laughs> right. It says father's mouth twitched strangely. Sansa, I'm not sending you away for fighting. Though the gods know I'm sick of you two squabbling. I want you back in Winterfell for your own safety. Three of my men were cut down like dogs, not a league from where we sit. And what does Robert do? He goes hunting. Arya was chewing on her lip in that disgusting way she had. Can we take cereal back with us? And <laughs> Sansa's like, who cares what your stupid dancing mask So they're, they're just like <laughs> fighting. They're just fighting, and Sansa goes to another story again. I love him, father. I truly, truly do. I love him as much as Queen Nerys loved Prince Aemon, the Dragon Knight, as much as Quill loves Sir Florian. I want to be his queen and have his babies. And Ned is like, listen to me. When you're old enough, I will make you a match with a high lord who's worthy of you, someone brave and gentle and strong. This match with Joffrey was a terrible mistake. That boy is no Prince Eamon. You must believe me. And Sansa's is like, yes, he is. I don't want someone brave and gentle. I want him. We'll be so <laughs> happy. Just like in the songs, you'll see. I'll give him a son with golden hair. And one day he'll be the king of all the realms. The greatest king that ever was. As brave as a wolf and as proud as a lion. And Arya's like, "Hmm." he's a liar and a craven and anyhow he's a stag not a lion and like they just keep going back and forth back and forth and ned agrees you know like that cereal can come if he wants to come and sansa's like crying and but sansa what sansa doesn't know is that she's brought it to his father's attention that right. the, the whole
0: important part of that exchange is sansa saying he's nothing like that old drunk king he's a lion yeah and then has this headcanon moment where he goes holy shit yeah. this dumbass just hit the nail on the head
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i think he even says you know from the mouths of babes like this child just you know put a pin in exactly what i'm supposed to be focusing on
1: yeah and
0: everything just makes sense magically yes this brings a little freak out
1: Sansa brings it home for him and Sansa fucks it up for him too um (laughs) so she's distraught like she's so distraught like that she's crying even though like her and Arya were just arguing Arya like tries to comfort her She's like, it won't be so bad, Sansa. We're going to sail on a galley. It will be an adventure. And then we'll be with Bran and Rob again and old Nan and Hodor and the rest. She touched her on the arm. Hodor, Sansa yelled. You ought to marry Hodor. You're just like him, stupid and hairy and ugly. She wrenched away from her sister's hand, stormed into her bedchamber and barred the door behind her. So like... She's such an asshole. She's such a bitch. Like, your <sighs> sister who you? your lie got your direwolf killed, you lied on your sister, could have got her direwolf killed, got her friend killed, comes to comfort you because you're freaking out because you're going back home with your family to your family home and you just lose your shit on her, tell her she's ugly, that she should marry Hodor and basically that she should die. You told her that earlier. So yeah, Sansa's like a little bitch. Little bitch.
0: And these are the times when I have to remind myself: she's young, she's naive. Yes, <laughs> she'll grow up someday. She'll grow <laughs> out of God, it. She's she's infuriating sometimes, you know. And it's again, it's not her fault. She's been so sheltered, but she's just she's she's got a lot of growing up to do. And unfortunately, she grows up in the most like unforgiving way possible.
1: Yeah. Like she's got a very hard life coming yeah. up.
0: She's got a hard road ahead of her, but it, it also feels like that might be the only way to get through to her because she is so set in these these songs and stories that she wants so badly to be true. Yeah. And you know, back to Littlefinger's quote, Life is not a song, sweetling. Like it's 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 ugly out there. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna learn that real quick.
1: And and real hard. <laughs> But that is Sansa 3. Did you have anything that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think we got everything. Yeah, that was a juicy one. And the next chapter is really juicy. I would like to thank you for coming. Thank everyone. Thanks to all the people listening. If you could, and you're listening to this in podcast format, please leave me a review. It helps me out. And if you want to be on an episode of Obsidian Nights, you can hit Mandy up at Nim Shadow on Twitter or Instagram. As always, thanks for listening and have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.